I'm Kim Grinnells of Dogman.com with Angie Machado from Beaver Blitz and Washington takes on Oregon State at eight o'clock on Saturday night with uh, Angie. Why does it always seem like the Oregon State Washington games have number one bad weather and are always in the dark? Is it always does it seem like that with you every time we play? It's like that. It is. It totally is. Bad weather, dark. Um, well, it's late in the season this year, so then it's even worse. It always seems to be on Halloween as well. So, but, you you love that coming and seeing all that orange and black, don't you, Kim? Um, you know what? The only thing that bothers me about the orange and black is the guys, the old guys that come in, and it looks like they're wearing the orange that's maybe like thirty years old. So, where it might have been uh, cool back in the day, um, now it's kind of a pastel orange because it's so washed out. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> they're wearing know. their old Fiesta Bowl, their old Fiesta Bowl gear. There you go. Hey, just, you know, before we get started, you know, we uh, haven't really had access to practice, you know, for three weeks, we got 20, we got 20 minutes once a week, which was pretty much stretching, but Washington has been pretty good about uh, zoom audio and video and getting us all of that. How much access have you guys had to the program since um, your training camp began? Yeah, it's been so bizarre, Kim. I mean, we're used to typically having wide open fall camp and this year, it was one scrimmage we got. The second scrimmage we got to watch from the press box, and um, the rest were all shut down. So we, we do, like probably like everyone else, have the Zoom interviews that go on um, every day after practice. But it's hard, and the coaches, I'm not sure if Coach Lake is, but Coach Smith is super secretive. So I'm, I'm guessing it's just kind of a coach trait, but yeah, we're not getting a whole lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jimmy Lake's not saying anything. I mean, they've yeah. taken when they they have taken creatively saying nothing to an entirely new level up here. But I know uh, coach speak and circle talk, and I don't know if Coach Lake has been the whole opt out. The guys who have opted out, I I feel like myself and a couple other reporters have become detectives because they won't tell you who opted out. But then you'll ask about a player, and you have to ask about each specific player, or they don't mention it. So it's you know, well, this guy he's unavailable. Well, is he unavailable because he just is battling a ding or is he unavailable because he's not available? And I mean, that's, that's the level we've gotten to. Tell me about uh, the game last week with Washington state, uh, 38, 28, 10 point loss. What did you learn from uh, the first game that you were able to see Angie? Oh, you know, it was, it was a big surprise. I, I think uh, Oregon state was really expecting to come out and dominate. You know, you had a, a Washington state team with a new coaching staff, a whole new system without a spring camp under their belt. When, then you had Oregon State with this veteran coaching staff. They've been all together, a veteran group. And offense struggled. They sputtered in that first first half, um, which was to be expected. You know, they lost three players on the offensive line. You lose your starting quarterback and lead receiver in Isaiah Hodgins. Um, so I think we kind of expected a little bit of uh, growing pains there. And by the second half, they, they kind of started clicking a little better. What we didn't expect to see was the defense look so horribly bad. Um, they did kind of try to mix it up into a two, four, five defense. And, um, you know, Oregon state was leaving these huge holes open and they made a true freshman, Jaden Delora making his very first college collegiate start look like a, an all American. And, um, you know, I think Beaver fans, the media, myself, I, I was really expecting them to blitz him and, and put some pressure on him. And, and we didn't see that. Starting with the quarterback, Tristan Gebbia, he's a guy who had a Washington offer early. Uh, Jack Coletto is also seeing a little bit of time there. Tell us about the quarterback position. We're used to seeing Jake Luton back there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a little different. How's, that, how's it different, Angie? Oh, sorry, you broke up. Um, no, it's just, 
Jake, Jake Luton is, you know, was that big prototypical pocket passer was not mobile at all. I mean, he was a, you know, a six, six huge arm and, and Tristan Jebby is more of um, he can move. He's not afraid if the pocket breaks down to, to tuck it and run. And he does not have quite as strong of an arm as, as Jake Luton did. So, um, you know, we're seeing a little bit shorter passing routes and uh, a, a quarterback that's not afraid to run if need be. Jamar Jefferson, that running back is probably one of the elite, well, probably the elite running back in the conference, 5'10", you know, roughly 215, 220 pounds. How's he looking so far uh, against Washington State? He looks great. You know, he ran for 120 yards against the Cougars. And, you know, Beaver fans, I think, were a little upset that here you do have a new line, a new quarterback, no Isaiah Hodgins, and they didn't start running Jamar until till later in the game. Um, he really got into his rhythm. He's 100% healthy this year, which was something that wasn't the case last year. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for Jamar, he scored three touchdowns for the Beavers. It would have been a lot uglier than it was last week. When you take a look at skill positions on the depth chart, you know, it's always the skill guys always uh, are quoted a little bit taller and a little bit heavier than they really are. But you got a guy listed at 5'5 and 141 pounds in Champ Fleming. How big is he? Yeah, that's probably close to being about right. <laughs> he is not big at all. He's he's super fast, super elusive. But, um, you know, you look at this Oregon State wide receiver group, and there's not really a tall body on the whole on the whole list. So um, they're all under six feet tall. They're, um, you know, and that, so that's being generous. Like I said, Champ, I think, is pretty much legit. I think he's, you know, I'm 5'4", I'm and, and he's pretty close to, to my eye level. So maybe a little, he's a little taller than me. But, um, yeah, 141 pounds. How do you like that, Kim? I think he might be taller than Jaquiz Rogers, though. Maybe, yeah, possibly. That's possible. <laughs> but Jaquiz Rogers weighed a heck of a lot more than 141 pounds. Yeah, uh, Quiz was a uh, bowling ball. I don't think we're going to see that. But, uh, you know, uh, tight ends. Are they using the tight ends as a weapon this year? Yeah, yeah. The, the tight ends are going to be super important. And, you know, Tegan Quatoriano is more of that blocking back. Um, tight or tight end and we see him really kind of help come in and shore up that that kind of newly newly formed offensive line I really love Luke Musgrave though he's a, a, a sophomore who got his chops kind of last last season but um, big target he's that six six guy that you know if the Beavers don't have height that wide receiver they have it in Luke Musgrave and I actually expect him to be maybe one of the top receivers um, for the Beavers this season and it's got to start all up front with the offensive line but uh You've lost a lot on the offensive line, and it looks a little light up there as well. Yeah, yeah, they, they looked a little light up against Washington State's D-line. Um, you know, there's one guy over 300 right now, but um, there's some experience. Brandon Kipper uh, was the starting right tackle all season last year. Nathan Eldridge is starting at center, which he actually transferred from Arizona and had played under Coach um, Mahalachek down in Arizona. So a lot of continu continuity there, continuity. Um, and then we have a Oregon State has a brand new left tackle in Joshua Gray, and we saw him kind of grow up right before our eyes in game one. Um, you know, he gave up a couple sacks early, but started to kind of find his rhythm there toward the end of the game. Give me an idea. You know, if we're sitting up at the stands, we're watching the Oregon State practice, you know, give us an idea of what that offense looks like. What do you think they're going to try to do against Washington? Well, I mean, the strength of this offense is obviously Jamar Jefferson. So, and B.J. Baylor, the, the backup, is, a, is a, also a great number two punch there. But they have to establish the run against Washington. And, uh, you know, once they can get a run established, then maybe go to the air. I, you know, there's, there's a lot of weapons. Trevon Bradford, um, Camp Flemings, Colby Taylor, 
you got, you got more speed. This is the most speed I've seen in a wide receiver group at Oregon State in years. But I just need to see more from them that they're able to get open. And that's where I think Luke Musgrave is, is the difference maker. Before we get over to the defensive side of the ball, I wanted to ask you about um, COVID. It looks like there's one positive test so far. You hearing anything uh, else, anybody else going to be in quarantine or pretty much in lockdown well, and wait and see? Yeah, right now. So we got more today than we've gotten basically all along. We were told today um, from the athletic director who came in and, and spoke to the Zoom meeting before Coach Smith that one player tested positive on Monday and three others have been put in quarantine because of close contact with that player. Um, that is it. No more. That was on Monday. Um, no more positive tests going forward. So, um, you know, they, they're, they're continuing to test every single day. They told us that on Saturday, on game day, now I can't tell you when this will be, but they will give us a list of who is out due to COVID. Prior to the game? Um, prior to the game. So my guess is that's like really close to kickoff because I can't see them giving up too much info. Um, but um, it's, it's more than we've gotten. So um, I'm taking that with, with a grain of salt and I'm trying back channels right now to find out who, if we can find out more on who those guys are. How is uh, Jonathan Smith doing down there? Is any uh, heat to his seat at all, or is it just kind of the situation down there and just kind of plugging along? You know, I, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I think this season obviously is kind of a toss or, you know, throwaway season for him. Um, this was year three though. And there was a lot of expectations. You know, you have an entire coaching staff back intact. He brought back all 10 coaches. Um, the, the players know the scheme, they know the system, the terminology. Um, and so it was, Beaver fans, I think, really were expecting that this would be a bowl year before the whole COVID pandemic hit. We have to see the Beavers get better at recruiting. They have to keep adding talent to that roster, um, you know, just because it was such a depleted roster when Gary Anderson was was at Oregon State. But, um, yeah, I think, I mean, I think he's settled into as his role as head coach and, and what that entails as well. We'll go over and take a look at the defensive side of the ball before we do that. Just a quick word from our sponsors. You're listening to uh, the guys from dogman.com, Dogman Radio. I'm Kim Grenolds along with Angie Machado from Beater Blitz. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dogman Radio. I'm Kim Grenolds with Angie Machado from Oregon State site on the, I always want to say on the Scout Network. I'm still confused a little <laughs> bit with that, but on the 24-7 network, Beaver Blitz, uh, the pre preeminent uh, Oregon State football and basketball recruiting site on the 24-7 network. But Angie, you mentioned against um, Washington State, the defense did not look very good. They went with some odd fronts on there. Tell us a little bit, you know, bird's eye view, what to anticipate. We'll break down each position, but uh, take, you know, just give us a bird's eye view of that defense. What'd you see? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, you know, we talked about not being able to see camp. And that was the thing we kept hearing from players during camp was how great the front seven was. And so we expected, we expected the white or the or the linebackers to look good. I mean, this is a really stacked group. All four linebackers in the two deep have started, have starting experience there. So we really uh, felt conf confident that that defense or linebackers were gonna, was going to to look good, but it was super positive to hear that the, you know, the front seven as a whole was looking good. And what we saw against the Cougs was, you know, a, a two man front without much rushing from the edge. So, um, you know, that was the big struggle was up front and uh, that defensive line, I, I, huge question marks heading into Saturday's game with the Huskies. When you have uh, huge question marks on the defensive line and you take a look at Washington side of the ball with their offensive line, not only biggest in the conference, maybe one of the biggest in the country as well. Um, how does Oregon, you know, tell me about that uh, defensive line up front and how can they handle that huge offensive line at Washington? 
Yeah, Oregon State's going to be, uh, you know, their, their typical front. Like I said, with the Cougars, they went 2-4-5. Uh, their base, though, is a 3-4. So um, I expect them to go back to a 3-4. That would be a Simon Sandberg and Isaac Hodgins. Both under 300 pounds. Nose tackle is also a big concern right now because um, they're going with an Alexander Skelton, a walk-on at D-tackle. And then uh, a redshirt freshman and Evan Bennett is backing him up. We'll see a big rotation there with those guys, but um, just really unproven of, of what those guys can do. Elu Iden was, you know, kind of the, the stalwart for, for years for the Beavers there. And he was a 300, 350-pound D-tackle. He is, you know, graduated now with the program. And the Beavers had a huge blow as they were expecting uh, Jordan Whitley to be that nose tackle. And he was diagnosed with a heart tumor. I'd never even heard of a heart tumor before this, this uh, summer, but um, that has put him on the injured list. So um, the Beavers are very, very, very thin at that position. So it's going to be interesting to see how they match up. The Huskies are huge up front. So um, hopefully they'll be able to rush some linebackers off the edge and, and create some pressure. A lot of interesting names on the linebacker crew. When you take a look at Andres Hughes-Murray, who's from Federal Way High School, a local guy, went down to Oregon State, who was a really good player. Uh, captain, I believe, but not listed as a starter. He's listed as an or with an Addison Gums listed uh, as the other guy who could possibly start at that position. But uh, Addison Gums is a guy who had a Washington offer as well. And then Jack Coletto, former uh, quarterback, listed as uh, starting at linebacker. Tell us a little bit about that linebacker crew. Yeah, that linebacker crew is deep for Oregon State. You know, really anchored in the middle with Avery Roberts and Omar Spates. Omar was a freshman All-American last year. So that, that core right there is, you know, super strong. And then you add um, Jack Coletto in the mix. They do bring Jack Coletto in every once in a while as a quarterback at, on a short yardage situation. But, um, you know, Avery and Omar are two to watch. Andre Hughes-Murray, you mentioned he was out last year with a foot injury and he's back, but a two-time captain. I mean, this is a guy who's a true leader on this program and, um, you know, even – sitting out with a, with a broken foot, he was able to be a captain for the team. Uh, but that, that unit is led with um, Hamilka Rashid, who led the Pac-12 in, in tackles for loss and sacks last year. Great motor. Um, Addison Gums, I, my gut on that one is that he will not be playing this week. Um, he suffered another – so at Oklahoma, he went to Oklahoma, transferred from Oklahoma to Oregon State uh, with an ACL tear. Last year against Hawaii, he tore the, AC, the other ACL – and he was actually ready to make a full comeback with this shortened season and then has been dealt with kind of a nagging hamstring injury. So he has not practiced this week, and I do not expect him to go. Um, so then you are looking at Anjay, um, John McCartan. There's, there's several guys there that uh, can fill that role. You said that they're running, you know, the nickel quite a bit, you know, with the five defensive backs, with Washington, with a new quarterback. We don't know what to expect from the passing game. Do you expect to see the five defensive backs uh, starting the game or – Will they put an extra defensive lineman up there and tell us a little bit about uh, the defensive backfield for Oregon State? Yeah, you know, Jaden Grant typically plays the nickel for Oregon State. and He's a team captain and one of the leaders of the group. So um, I do expect we see him. I don't think we see the nickel as much as we saw last week against the Cougars. I, I, I think they'll change up, change up the looks a lot. But um, definitely the defensive backs are, are another one to watch because that was my big question going into this season was, um, that has been kind of the struggle for the Beavers in a, in a group that has, you know, had its share of coaches. I mean, you go back to Gary Anderson and, and this group has had, I believe Blue Adams is their fifth position coach in six years. So um, tough, tough sledding for those guys. But um, 
this is a group that went JUCO heavy. And so we've seen several JUCOs make the transition, just a matter of how quickly they can get up to speed. And I did hear today, David Morris should be good to go to start at safety. So he is the veteran back there with Jaden Grant. How comfortable are you, uh, Washington, third and 13? How comfortable are you with that defensive backfield? Oh, goodness. Well, it depends on how much pressure Ham gets on him, uh, you know, off the edge. <laughs> if Ham's able to put some pressure, then I'm comfortable. Otherwise, you know, they weren't able to slow Washington State down much at all. Weather's not expected to be great. It's supposed to be 60% chance of rain. And when there's rain and on the water late at night, Husky Stadium, you're going to get some wind. How comfortable are you with uh, Oregon down two and uh, your kicker going in for a 43-yard field goal to win the game? You know, I would, it's, he's a fairly new kicker. Everett Hayes did some kicking last season for the Beavs. All fall, or all fall camp, we heard what, how great he was, and he's comfortable out 60 yards. I'd say comfortable, but he missed on, on a field, his only field goal attempt last week. But um, I'm going to say comfortable on that. What would cause Oregon State to win this game? If they win the game, what are they going to do that would uh, cause them to win this game? They just have to get in a rhythm on offense first and foremost, you know, get, get the running game established, get the passing game established, and, and just find that rhythm for Tristan Jebbia. You know, he, was, he had stalls, starts and stalls last week. You know, they'd get a, a drive going and then a penalty would kill it and install it. So they need to keep that going. But defense, I think it's the, it's the tale of defense. Can defense make the stops? Because I don't see Oregon State winning a shootout uh, with the Huskies. I was going to ask if Washington wins this game, what's, uh, what will be the key factor to Washington winning this game? Yeah, I just I think if they're able to you know, keep Oregon State out of a rhythm offensively, uh, that will help them immensely. And then, you know, like I said, this comes down to Oregon State's defense. It's a pretty veteran group. I just, right after what we saw last week and, and having such a limited amount of you know snapshot to see of them I just don't I, I think we're, Washington has too much talent I, I think they win that talent game and uh, come out and, and beat the, the Beavers eight o'clock kickoff Saturday night at Husky Stadium no fans there will be cutouts <laughs> in the stands I, <laughs> I will actually be in the stands doing video doing photo and whatever else I'm allowed to do but uh, you know I'm I, I don't like the cold and it's going to be cold there Angie it's oh, going to be cold no, you know, our beat writer, Carter Baines, will be there. He will be up in the press box. He's super excited to, to head up to Husky Stadium. So we've been kind of doing a tag team. He's taking the game from press box. I'm doing it from the couch TV. And uh, it's, it's been – it's actually – that it worked out super great. I know you guys did not have a game last week, but um, it was kind of a nice way to go because um, we had different views, different vantage points. And uh, we've been having a live watch party. On in the lodge at Beaver Blitz. It was so much fun. Our fans jumping on and celebrating the good and commiserating the bad. Yeah, that's different from us because ours is what's in your glass and it's just kind of scary what people are drinking during the game. Well, so that was our roll call on, you know, Friday last week. I said roll call for the, for the viewing party. What's going to be in your glass? And there were some interesting concoctions. And I had said I was going to do a, a, like a rum and Coke or a gin and tonic, but I could only have one. Because if I have more than one, I get a little mouthy and I might embarrass myself. So it's the it's the um, guys that drink a Jack Daniels. Those are usually the guys you got to keep. Those it. are the guys. Yeah, yeah. So I actually didn't have anything because I got so you know kind of dialed into the game and I didn't get, even get up to go get a glass of wine. But um, no, that was the thing. I was like, yeah, I I, I become un unprofessional. I, I become super witty, but just unprofessional. So it's best that I stick with my uh, Gatorade. Angie, it's always fun. Looking forward to uh, the game on Saturday and uh, for all your Oregon State Beaver needs, check out Beaver Blitz on the 24-7 network.
Uh, for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Reynolds along with Angie Machado. Go dogs. <laughs>